0: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
1: October 7th, 1964, and aides of the President of the United States are working late to please the boss. Especially one aide, Walter Jenkins. A Texas farm boy who had now been a Washington fixture for 30 years. Linda Johnson's doer, go-to man, fix-it man, carry the secrets, sometimes... Bring money from point A to point B. Everything Linda needed done. They just say they can't find them in Houston. They can't find them in Dallas.
0: They're just not getting them on. So tell him to talk to each one of these states, see how, what special arrangements they're going to do to get them on. All right. Bob McKinney. I called him
1: at the opening of St. John's Collier, Mexico. He said he'd just gotten back there the people Washington loved him. His presence at the White House near midnight would surprise no one. It was said that from a small office the size of a closet, Walter Jenkins ran the government. He works this night, October 7th, like any other night, with a quick break to attend a dinner. And in the wee hours, he goes home. It was not until a week later when the newspapers would call checking on a story. And they start first with the First Lady's press secretary to ask nicely about Jenkins. Is Walter all right? Did he have any kind of breakdown around October 7th? When the First Lady's press secretary asks Walter about it, he says he'll get back to her. But he doesn't. He goes straight to Abe Fortas, White House lawyer, and he'll not return to the White House again. (laughs) you <laughs> The story that we're about to talk about comes in the middle of 1964, the middle of a presidential election campaign. And polls show President Johnson well ahead of his opponent, Senator Barry Goldwater of Arizona. It's not so much LBJ winning as Goldwater losing. Goldwater has made some statements that didn't take well in the media, starting with his convention statement. Extremism in the defense of liberty was no vice. This was a comment aimed at his GOP moderate opponents. But in the year after, President Kennedy had been assassinated, talking about extremism like that. He talked about how he'd like to cut off the East Coast and let it float away, that he'd consider letting generals use nuclear weapons in Vietnam. And although he condemned racism and once was a member of the NAACP in Arizona, he disapproved of the Civil Rights Bill and felt it would poison relations between people. He acknowledged himself. By the time his nominating convention opened, Goldwater had been branded a fascist, a racist, a trigger-happy warmonger, a nuclear madman, and the candidate who couldn't win. I want American kids to grow up as Americans, and they will, if we have the guts to make our intentions clear. So clear they don't need translation or interpretation, just respect for a country prepared as no country in all history ever was. In your heart. You know he's right. Vote for Barry Goldwater. It didn't help that he had recently said that he'd like to lob a bomb in the men's room of the Kremlin. He was the nominee in 1964, but many Republicans weren't supporting him. Nelson Rockefeller, the governor of New York. George Romney, governor of Michigan. Goldwater's takes on things read like today's conservatives, really. He said in his book, The Conscience of a Conservative. I have little interest in streamlining government or making it more efficient, for I mean to reduce its size. My aim is not to pass laws, but to repeal them. Welfarism is the path socialism. It had endured because it was sold to the country on the false notion that government has an obligation to care for the needs of its citizens. Early on, he also had shown a defeatist side, saying, At the moment, I don't believe any Republican has a chance. and he complained about the process. The big banks, the money establishment of the East, always manipulate the selection of a Republican candidate. Especially damning during the election was when *Facts* Magazine revealed a survey of 1,189 psychologists who said Goldwater was unfit to be president. They send Lady Bird Johnson, the wife of the president, to campaign in the South, in Charleston, she's shouted down by people with Goldwater signs, and there's horrible chants and horrible names using racist words. Hale Boggs, congressman from Louisiana, who's attending with First Lady, Lady Bird Johnson, grabs the microphone and calls it a Nazi gathering. And news of this, this after there had been shaming episodes in the South, over civil rights protests. This occurring after that. Goldwater's not there, but they have Goldwater signs. All in all, Goldwater is linked with some really radical right elements like the John Birch Society, which went so far as to call Eisenhower a communist. Some polls in the summer showing him having as little support as 25%. But yet here's where some things are a little bit different than today, say. Barry Goldwater was not a strong speaker. He was something of a quiet man. And his prominence came not from speeches that he had made, not from his appearance or his charisma, the way that he presented himself on television or anything like that. His support came from a popular book that he had written and from votes he took on the Senate floor. Now he was hurled into a role where visual presentation was important. He was not really given a media megaphone. And when he did say things, the quick sound bites newspapers would record didn't always come out well. Ronald Reagan, later in this campaign, is going to show up the candidate he's supporting, making a television speech on Goldwater's behalf, leaving many people to scratch their heads and say, why don't we nominate this guy instead of Goldwater? Lyndon Johnson, in 1964, he looks back at the 1960 campaigns and what Kennedy did to Nixon and says, oh no, we're not having televised debates. So you didn't have a moment where Goldwater could get Johnson in a zinger or do some high-profile splaining of his side of the story, of the conservative viewpoint. Or perhaps not do any of those things, have a debate moment and flop. He didn't get his chance to do either. He also didn't have an outlet like social media to make daily statements in his own hand that would go to a group of supporters unfiltered by the media. Some of his speeches were falling flat. He was getting repetitive. Time magazine says it almost seems like he's given up the election and wants to go down hard fighting to make a statement to his followers, but not to voters. But as we reach October, you have to understand that just because he's ahead in the poll, that does not mean that Lyndon B. Johnson rests. Oh, no. He's controlled his convention, making sure the Democrats look unified and Bobby Kennedy doesn't try anything. He picks a liberal, Hubert Humphrey to make sure he'll have those liberals in his wing. He passes a civil rights bill. He knows that he's going to lose some southern states in return, but he does what he can to contain the damage by keeping Texas in his fold. That's a key. Here's a conversation with him and aide Bill Moyers. This is on election day. You and I know he's going to win in a landslide. Yet he's despondent about one precinct in one city in the state of Texas. Just 20 votes leave. 20 votes. Well, that doesn't sound good. San Antonio, don't But at me in that I can't think of the name of that
0: area over in San Antonio that says heavy Republican. Alamo Heights. Alamo Heights. That's right.
1: That's right. So at no time does Lyndon Johnson just rest because he's got a kind of wacko candidate that a lot of Republicans even are not supporting. But he is having success, and he's nailing Goldwater on the peace issue. An impulsive thumb, he said, can move up towards a button. There's a lot about 1964 that's experimental for its time. so-called daisy ad that's very familiar to people. She's counting off leaves on the flower while a countdown for a nuclear explosion happens. You know about this one. But there are others. Barry Goldwater tries this one with a schoolteacher and students doing the Pledge of Allegiance while Nikita Khrushchev is squaring off. Hand over your heart.
0: Ready? Begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. The Republic for which it stands, one
1: nation under God. ...to kind of scare people about how dangerous the threat is under democratic rule. LBJ also has an ice cream ad just bringing out the nuclear issue that there's a girl eating ice cream and she could be eating all these chemicals, but since it's a nuclear test ban treaty that President Kennedy got you and Lyndon Johnson's going to support you don't have to worry about the girl eating ice cream unless you vote for Goldwater. That's what it's hinting. With all of this warmonger talk against Barry Goldwater, he tries to bring out his big gun, former President Eisenhower, who clears Barry of being a warmonger for voters. Barry Goldwater speaking with General Dwight D. Eisenhower at Gettysburg. We keep getting back to the subject of war and peace. And in this campaign that, uh, Congressman Bill Miller and I are engaged in for the presidency and the vice presidency because we constantly stress the need uh, for a strong America uh, our opponents are referring to us as war mongers and I'd like to, to know what your opinion of that would be you've known me a long time and you've known Congressman Miller a long time well Barry in my mind this is actual Tommy Rock now you've known about war you've been through one I'm older than you. I've been in more. But I'll tell you, no man that knows any about war is going to be reckless about this. Vote for Barry Goldwater. In
0: your heart, you know he's right.
1: Generally, though, Barry's losing this battle of perception, and there are stories well known that Ike and him are not chummy, and so many in the GOP are running away. Senators don't want to appear with Goldwater. In the end, he's going to lose all voters, 61 to 39. One of the biggest landslides ever. But particularly women, 62 to 38. Now, this is important because this is a different time. And women are voting Republican in American elections at this time. In fact, in 1960, the election before this, Nixon won women 51 to 49 while losing the election. So that's a huge drop for Goldwater. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. LBJ is leading in the summer, 65-25 to Gallup poll over Goldwater. So in the middle of this election that we're talking about, Goldwater on the ropes, October 14th, the United Press Wire has a story. Lyndon Johnson's aide, Walter Jenkins, was caught in a YMCA men's room on the night of October 7th, along with another man, and booked on a, quote, Morals charge. Now the media was using euphemisms for the time. What occurs is Walter Jenkins, after a dinner, had gone into the White, and without even speaking, because this was a place where these sort of activities happened at the time, and it was well known, he and another man go into a stall. The man is a Hungarian immigrant. There, for the same reason, they go into the stall together. What they don't know is 3 DC police officers. This is 64 the days before surveillance videos of the like. Two of them looking from a peephole from a supply closet in the bathroom and another on a stool looking over at the stall hidden sees what sees them go in and the arrest is made. I'm Jane Poles, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for the New York Times. when jenkins is brought to the police station they do at the station know who he is and they tell him he'd better cooperate or we're going to leak this to the newspapers i have to make a comment here it's it's sad when you look back at this i know we're going back at 64 and you can only beat up the past so much it's sad though to see the way that people were treated really Anyone who was gay was treated like a pervert or a misfit and something wrong with them. It was a crime, really. They're forced into a crime by only having these type of places to meet at. and It was easy for the police to set a trap there. They tell him to cooperate. He pays a $50 fine, and he actually goes back to work. Someone must have leaked this. A, one of the police, perhaps a enterprising reporter looking at police blogs. We really don't know. But many papers get a hold of this. Republicans get a hold of it. They're pushing the story. The White House had tried to kill the story. They do get to delay it for a while. Some major newspapers pass on printing it. But one of the things that happens is they find that Walter Jenkins was also arrested in 1959 and again paid a fine. Now you've got two incidents. And even if reporters can ignore the personal issue Many are bringing up the potential security. You know, the media might have an obligation to report this because of the potential for blackmail if this major aide of the president is doing things like this. Lyndon Johnson, from all the phone calls, we really don't know if he knew or not about Jenkins. I mean, Jenkins is married. He has kids. He's extremely close to LBJ, extremely close to Lady Bird Johnson. They vacation together. This is his key aide. But he seems very surprised in these phone calls. Here's uh, LBJ and Abe Fortas. Even given all that friendship, Lyndon Johnson acts quickly, tells Clark Clifford, whatever the treatment is, we know the facts. The facts are, he's got to get out of the White House. I think that the presidency is something we've got to protect, and you can't protect it by procrastinating. Johnson's first decision is that he must resign. Lady Bird Johnson calls her husband. She wants to offer Jenkins a job with one of their family's television stations president refuses. They can't do it. She urged the president to make a gesture of support. But I,
0: it is my strong feeling that a gesture of support to Walter on our part is best. I'd make all the gestures I could, but I don't think that I would put myself in a position of defending what we say in the public in a situation
1: like this because we just can't win it. She characterized Jenkins' behavior as a small period of nervous breakdown. Doesn't want to appear to be defending Jenkins. We, we just can't win it, he says. So he has sympathy for Jenkins. Did you know we
0: love him? Yes, sir. Please tell him we do more than anybody in the world. I'm going to call him from time to time tonight tell him we just love him more than anything in the world.
1: But in 1964, to, to go out with this kind of issue, to support a man who's been found to be gay, even, even under the euphemism of a nervous breakdown, The average farmer just can't understand your knowing it and approving it or condoning it, is what he says. Lady Bird Johnson actually does make her own statement to the press, supporting Jenkins. Jenkins resigns. While the story breaks out, they have him at a hospital, no telephone, can't talk to the press, and he's sedated. After a few days at the Washington Hospital, he goes home to Texas, never returns to the White House. This is a really big deal in the election. It is interesting how the two campaigns react. Goldwater, it's kind of a mixed reaction. Goldwater doesn't attack LBJ on Jenkins directly. Jenkins and Goldwater both were in the Air Force Reserve for a time, and he was his commander in the reserve in Washington, D.C. So he knows Jenkins. So this is not just like a candidate running and here's some anonymous White House House aide we can pick on. Goldwater knows Jenkins. A lot of people in D.C. knows Jenkins. Know Jenkins. Here's what he says in his biography. Now, this is years later, in the 80s, but Goldwater says this. It was a sad time for Jenkins, wife and children, and I was not about to add to their private sorrow. Winning isn't everything. Some things, like loyalty to friends or lasting principle, are more important. Years later, there could be other reasons why Goldwater doesn't touch this beyond just these personal things His or his nobility, you know... It's a mix. Something like this could boomerang back at him. He'd already made a number of extreme attacks, and he was being seen out there as a negative person. He wanted to up the positives. It might hurt him more. But there are some things his campaign does. They put out bumper stickers that say, all the way with LBJ, but don't go near the YMCA. order doesn't stop that. During the remainder of the campaign, he occasionally alludes to the scandal without saying it directly. In speeches, he refers to Johnson's curious crew who would run the country if he got another four years. And the audience laughs, knowing exactly what he's talking about. So I think in some ways in 1964, you had this kind of dog whistle effect in this scandal. And you also had a kind of Pence-Trump split here because Goldwater's running mate, William E. Miller, used it. He mentions Jenkins at campaign rallies and the morals charge, and he also mentions that there had been a previous incident, and this was a great danger to national security, even after an FBI report comes out, because LBJ is going to have J. Edgar Hoover look this thing up and down, interview all sorts of friends of Jenkins. There's going to be 500 interviews conducted, go through many hours of questioning with Jenkins himself, and he finds that there hasn't been any leaks, there hasn't been any blackmail as a result of this, That doesn't please William E. Miller, Goldwater's running mate. He says, no man can say today if there's been a leak or not. Preston Davy, head of New Yorkers for Goldwater, during a rally introducing Goldwater, says that Walter Jenkins, and also uh, another issue, busing, on which Goldwater takes a hard stand against the busing of students, are creating a silent vote. That professional politicians in the press are missing, and we're going to surprise people in the biggest upset on Election Day. They get a crowd of 18,000, which surprises a lot of the press, in New York City. There's actually a poll backlash right now, says Davey, because of the Jenkins and busing issues. So while Goldwater personally stayed away from Jenkins, his campaign was using it, sometimes in quiet ways.
0: So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Theodore H. White, surveying the 1964 election campaign, thought it was kind of funny. He says, perhaps the most amazing thing is that the nation faced the fact fully and shrugged its shoulders. Well, let's look at that. Because whether white is right or not is a central question for today, because if that is the case that essentially LBJ was found to have in 1964, a gay staff member, and it was released right before the election and didn't turn things, we might wonder about whether any kind of October surprise can turn events, right? But the story, despite it not being well known today, was not suppressed. And this is where I think white is right. They tried to suppress it, but it didn't work. Too many newspapers had access to it, and it was impossible to talk down all those editors. A couple big newspapers didn't run it. There's at least a dozen stories mentioning Walter Jenkins in the New York Times, for instance. Household name, at this point. Some of the coverage was sympathetic. Uh, Look at this Life Reporter, for instance. Linda Johnson called for the limits of endurance and loyalty, and Walter Jenkins gave endlessly, as the president's closest assistant, He dealt with a variety of matters, Mr. Johnson's personal affairs, communication with Congress, dealing with politicians around the country, presidential labors of all descriptions. In this campaign year, the workload has been especially huge. For instance, the job of implementing Johnson's moment-by-moment plans for the Democrat National Convention. Jenkins regularly worked exhausting hours, and the pathetic fact is that following his release on October 7th, he went back to his desk and worked till midnight. He did not work for his boss. He lived for him. This exhausting form of self-denial took at least a physical toll. That was the main story, and that was the story as it was spun by the White House. Walter was simply overworked, exhausted, nervous breakdown. Lady Bird Johnson makes her statement. So does the hospital where Walter Jenkins is being treated for nervous exhaustion. All the same, it's about exhaustion. But it wasn't a hidden story. It was out there. Still, I don't think, and, and I don't think that you can look at the use of euphemisms and say, see, it's different. Something like that would never happen today. You know, we wouldn't be, the press wouldn't be so vague. But I'd say for 1964, this story really did come out in a big way. And readers, you have to understand, in 64, probably cut through those euphemisms like moral charges and exhaustion. They knew exactly what that meant. Even a reference to the YMCA bathroom for a lot of people in 1964, particularly people in the Washington area knew about that Washington YMCA and exactly what was going on. Life Magazine said Jenkins' humiliation had spawned 1,000 dirty jokes. The story was known. And one argument that could be made, it's it's an example that you can't make news in a general election. You can introduce whatever bombshell you want. And Goldwater's campaign kept suggesting throughout October that there were more bombshells to come. And voters are going to modulate it. There are some other factors, though. LBJ probably couldn't have hoped for better than this, given the story. Jenkins' arrest was quickly overshadowed by a couple of affairs. First of all, in the Soviet Union, this is during the Cold War, Nikita Khrushchev is deposed by a group of leaders, and Brezhnev's going to rise out of that. The British electorate votes for labor, and China successfully tests a nuclear weapon on October 16th. All this happens right after Jenkins. And you could say that LBJ's margins in the polls was something where it was hard to do damage with, and the cause of Goldwater was becoming so defeatist, and the split in the GOP ranks that maybe this is a unique case. JFK's assassination the year before, all the sympathy that that generated for the party of Kennedy the Democratic ticket. And while Vietnam was something that Goldwater brought up in this campaign, he said we were drifting, drifting, drifting. Actually, Goldwater was right. There wasn't yet the kind of casualties and the experience of America the Vietnam War to use it as that campaign issue. Didn't have the bite yet. So you could say something about October surprises generally from this, Jenkins, that it might have impacted some, but it didn't turn the tide. There's been other events. 68, LBJ calling a bombing halt in Vietnam three days before the election. Lawrence Walsh releasing information about Iran-Contra in 1992. Topsy-turvy situation with Iran hostages in 1980. Carter didn't get his October surprise, but it was always something. Reagan campaign feared. Maybe they didn't need to fear it. George W. Bush's drunk driving incident released just a few days before the election. All these could have impacted the race. I hear different opinion on, on a little bit. Could have had a little bit of impact in the polls. Didn't turn any election. Aside from political ramifications, one more thing to say about the Walter Jenkins story. And when you look at it in context, it's a shame that the way society treated gay people at the time and that there was no other choice for someone like Jenkins than to engage in in activity that would force him into the criminal arena. It could have even been a damage to the country, you know. A lot of times you'll hear the phrase out there when if you take away rights from one person, you take away rights from all of us. And it sounds kind of sing-songy, like what are they talking about, right? You look at this case in particular, there are many people who said Jenkins was so good That some of LBJ's failures after 1964 in his second term might not have happened with Jenkins by his side. In other words, you didn't get the same LBJ in the next term that you had previously because he didn't have this aide working furiously and well by his side. We'll never know. I want to thank you for listening. The website. It's www.myhistorycanbeatupyourpolitics.com. Reminder about the premium cast, where you can get more episodes, previous episodes that we've recorded in the past, extra episodes. We did one on the making of a dozen Ronald Reagans, for instance, where I talk a bit about what's, what's behind that, the sources used for that, and how that may have even changed my own opinion. So... It can be as low as $2 a month. You support it as much as you can. There's various levels of support, and you do get some goodies if you support the program more. Thanks for listening.